Oklahoma. Father Brian O'Brien, welcome to Pastors of Pain and Merry Christmas, everybody. And Happy New Year. I don't know when is this airing? January 3rd. Fantastic. Happy New Year and welcome to 2024. This is uh, the first uh, episode of 2024. So we're making some history here. What a joy. Um, Father Kerry is on retreat. Um, he's probably, by the time you're listening to this, he's back from his retreat. And I'm sure I'll have amazing things to say about it. But he went up to Conception Abbey up in Missouri. Uh, one of our Stillwater natives, Father Paul Scheller, is a monk there. And that's also where Father Kerry went to college seminary. Anyway, so he's been up there. And then uh, that we're recording this before Christmas, but I'm just going to say we had an awesome Christmas. Um, the crowds were huge. The homilies were stellar. I have no idea. Maybe. Uh, I have my homily, but I don't know if it'll be stellar. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Okay. So we have special guests, two of them. I love our new setup because we have multiple microphones and we don't have to share. And anyway, it's wonderful. Okay. So just a little background. We have awesome deacons uh, in, uh, at St. Francis Xavier and always have. We've had lots of deacons in and out. And then right now we have three men uh, who are discerning the vocation of the diaconate. And so Father Kerry and I, we were just talking about doing shows and what do we do when one of us isn't here. And we were like, let's get like the deacon candidates and their wives in here and talk about marriage and faith and raising kids and discerning the diaconate. So our first installment, Rob and Gina Agnew. Welcome to Pastors of Pain. Thank you, Father. Thank you. There we go. So Rob and Gina, I'm just going to ask them a bunch of questions about their life and about how they kind of got to this point. They have fascinating individual lives and then, of course, fascinating life together, married. Um, and now a new adventure, right? A new adventure mm -hmm. uh, is, is get, getting accepted into the uh, Deacon Formation Program for the Diocese of Tulsa. And anyway, we just want to hear all about that. Uh, okay, how did you guys meet? Well, we met here at OSU. Tell us about that. <laughs> we were, Where uh, were you? So I'm from Norman, and I came up here the summer before my freshman year because I was so excited to come to college. And um, so here's the six-foot-five guy. Rob is very tall. You can't he's very see him, tall. He's very tall. <laughs> he's yes. very tall. He's very conspicuous. So, um, and um, I don't know. He just kind of courted me, and yeah, the rest was history, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where were you? Like what? Uh, it was like a. It was Parker Hall. Parker Hall. Yeah, oh, we're okay. both there for the that summer. Was the summer dorm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I came out here from California to study fire protection, and was staying over the summer instead of going back to California. He was definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fell in love. Who, 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 who approached who first? Oh, I'm sure he approached me first. <laughs> yeah. What was it? Was that, was it, was he romantic or was it awkward or was it? Uh, um, I would say probably awkward. <laughs> a little awkward. College freshman. That's okay. College freshman. And I think I was so blown away because um, he had long hair and an earring. I'm from Norman. Really? <laughs> I'm from the Bible Belt. Sorry. Can, <laughs> we, get a, can we get a picture of Pictures this? Pictures will come up later. Oh, I, have not, I thought they've all been burned. <laughs> I have not. Wow. Rob, I'm learning new things. I okay. am very conservative. My family's very conservative. So this was like, whoa. So, but my mom, you know, he had good table manners. So that was a selling point for her. So. <laughs> Did he, when you brought him home to your family, mm -hmm. he had long hair and an earring. Yes. Yeah. So you didn't say, "Look, buddy, you need to 
You need to cut. Well, out. our first Christmas together, he did just happen to cut his hair and, you know, it was okay. But. Well done. <laughs> wow. So there was a lot of effort made to try to please me. Where was your first date? It was in Stillwater, I presume. Yeah, we didn't really. We just kind of hung out. Oh, you just hung out all summer. Yeah. Yeah. Parker Hall. Yeah. Is Parker yeah. Hall still around? It I is. I don't know my way around campus all yeah. that much. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so you did, you dated like all through college? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then... Yeah. Like fre- summer before freshman year? Yeah, for her. Yeah. And I had, a, I had a year as a freshman here at college. Oh, before. you were already? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. then how long How long did you date? How long were you engaged? How And then how long have you been married? So we got engaged the summer before my junior year of college. Okay. So we were wow. pretty young. Yeah, yeah. I was 19. No, we were, I was 20 when we got yeah. engaged. Mm-hmm. And um, 21 when we got married. So we were kind of young on the young side. But, I mean, it's... It's been a blessing, and we've enjoyed every minute growing, wow. kind of growing up together. You know, twenties, you're not, you're still an adult, but you know, there's not a lot of growth we had to go through. Yeah. So, I mean, we didn't we didn't rush into having kids. So sure, you know, sure. it worked out well. Sure. I think for mm-hmm. you know, growing, growing, and maturing together. And did you get advice like you're too young and what are you doing, you dumb kids? <laughs> did was that part of it? Knowing that your family's probably going to listen to this, what? Uh, I think they knew better. We're both yeah. a little headstrong. Ah, there it is. Okay. <laughs> nice. I know. Unfortunately, nice. our kids are listening too. So, but, but, um, yeah. I, I, when you know, you know. I mean, it was very, yeah. I mean, like, that's what I, I tell people. When I, you know, yeah. you know. It's, and if you're, yeah. And if you're 19 or if you're 20, then, yeah. It's kind of been a great blessing. And, you know, I think our, like I said, our family kind of knew we were, I mm-hmm. mean, you can see when couples are really um, connected and, and meant for each other. I mean, we, we compliment each other well. We're definitely, very much so two parts to um a good marriage the two so. become one yeah definitely was yeah. that a big deal coming from norman to stillwater mm, a few people do people uh, g- yeah. gave you some grief yeah. i kind of i, I kind of laugh when everybody's like oh i don't like norman i'm like it's just a place like it's, a, it's a place with people <laughs> yeah and some of them are nice and some right. of them are not just <laughs> right. like Stillwater. exactly well, and your grandfather went here when it was a.m right. yeah oh is yeah. that right okay mm-hmm. so a little legacy in the yeah, yeah so coming from california that i mean that's a that's a hall it is yeah. and so you came for fire protection mm-hmm. yep, it was the only program i applied to really yeah okay where did you where in california are you from the central coast town called santa maria Santa, uh, you're from Santa Maria. Yeah, yeah. In the suburb, there's a suburb called Guadalupe. It's, uh, <laughs> My so gosh, very, very, what a place! Yeah, very, very strong. Yeah, Sacramento uh, for all, or uh, excuse me, uh, California for all its craziness has like great town names. Yeah, I mean San Francisco, right. San Diego, yeah. Sacramento, like yeah. all of those are very Catholic. Oh yes, yeah, so grew up Santa you know, Maria, all, all Guadalupe, the, all the the missions and Santa you know, Barbara. Yeah, Santa Barbara San is just... San Luis Obispo. Yeah, those are on either side of Santa Maria. That's so, wild. Yeah. Uh, and your family was okay with you coming? Oh, yeah. All yeah. this way? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you meet, you date, you get married. Uh, where have you lived? A lot of places. Tell us all we, the places we, you've we lived. We first lived in like downtown Oklahoma City, and then Edmond, and then all the way back out to Santa Barbara, California. Uh, for a few years, and then to Denver for a few years. Well, oh, you have been around. Then down to Dallas, and then then finally back to here. So you came here from Dallas. Yeah. And the yeah. moves were job, all job related. Yeah. He was climbing the corporate ladder very fast. So yeah, it was good and bad. Wrong. It was we enjoyed the ride, <laughs> but um, at, at in Dallas we we're kind of like okay, it's it's time for a 
the next time chapter. Time to settle in. Time to settle in. And we're in that time frame, we were having children and kind of wanted, we'd always wanted to move back to Oklahoma. We just, uh, I love Oklahoma and he has assimilated into Oklahoma. So, um, I basically consider myself an Okie <laughs> he's now. Got, he's got boots on, just so you know. <laughs> um, and then Gina, you are a nurse. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Was that what you knew you were going to be from the beginning? No, I always laugh because nursing is my second career. I think I, I probably should have gone back to nursing school, you know, when I was a lot younger, but it just didn't work out. Um, when Rob was chasing his career, um, it just kind of, I was taking different jobs. I was in clinical research. And then when we got, moved to Oklahoma and um, there wasn't any clinical research around. So I went back to nursing school. Oh, I'd always known okay, I wanted I to, okay. it's part of our neat little story about how we got here. Um, but, uh, so I got accepted into nursing school, went and, um, it's really been definitely So you my were vocation. like how old when you went to nursing school? Oh gosh, 34, 35. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, that's cool. Yeah. What we, was your undergraduate major? Zoology. Really? So, yeah. I knew I wanted to do medical, but. learning new things about the Agnews. <laughs> wow. So yeah, we've had we've had adventures. So wow. yeah, so, so nursing is my second career, but definitely um, something I think I was truly made for. So. And what kind of nurse are you? I mean, what do you what do you? What so do I'm you a floor nurse, day? basically. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm on the floor in the hospitals, whether it be night shift, day shift. Um, I've kind of done a lot of different things just as it fit our family. Um, but right now, I'm just um, I'm a nurse at um resource nurse at the hospital at here Stillwater medical um nice. and then so i just recently finished a contract at st francis which was fabulous in tulsa so um and, that and now was, you're back and now i'm back so it's been fun it's been i love um it's kind of fun when i'm at the hospital and see parishioners and it just it's kind of it's a small neat. town it's a very small town yeah. yeah and it's it's neat to yeah. to serve people in that way wow so. and rob you have a new career yeah i've had a couple i was uh <laughs> What there. have you done? So my, my main career has been in uh, kind of occupational disease prevention. It's called industrial hygiene. You it's wrote your, of, your thesis on mold. I did. <laughs> on you, mold he exposure told me that a couple buildings. weeks ago and I was like, oh my gosh, that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've always worked in preventing, you know, diseases of workers. And that was my corporate role. I worked for a defense contractor, you know, going all over the world, helping with that. And then... That is, the travel was just too much and decided sure. to totally change careers. And we moved here. Gina went back to school and so did I. I went and pursued my doctorate in environmental science, uh, mainly looking at uh, how chemicals move and uh, vaporize out of groundwater from spills. Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> more, more exposure to chemicals and diseases. Uh, and did that for 10 years. And then just, just recently here in the past couple of weeks, I decided to move, move out of academia and back into uh, a corporate role uh, working for um, Liberty Mutual, very large workers' compensation insurance carrier, and, and again, helping, helping companies with their, their problems where you have exposures to, to noise or silica or asbestos and wow. those sorts of things. And so that, so no more OSU? There's a little bit of adjuncting kind of during the oh, transition. Right? Okay. I still have, nice. I have two PhD students. So I'm going to okay. hang around and help get across Very the cool. try line. Very cool. So yeah, you guys have had a fascinating life. Lots of places, different careers. Uh, you also have children. Yes. Tell us about your children. <laughs> They're probably listening. Hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> yeah. Hi. Caitlin, Xander, Rowan, how you doing? <laughs> Give so, us the yeah. Give us the scoop on your so on your kids. Yeah, we have, we're in the busyness of. I mean, yes. they always you always say you're busy, and they then, are, then every yeah, your next kids are stage, active. Every next stage, you're like, oh my gosh, I couldn't 
how did we get busier than we were at our busy stage? But it does get busier. Um, so Kaylin's a senior. So we're, um, you know, um, gosh, in her last year of school here at home. Yep. And she's looking at colleges for next year. Wild. And um, so just one state. In yeah, just Palm. one state in Palms. So that's so dances can really been a big part of her sure, life and sure. she enjoys it. And um, so and then we have Xander, who's really active in scouts, and yeah, um, he loves loves the outdoors. Loves, loves FFA, lots of yeah. yeah. He's he's they're all so busy. Yeah. And then Rowan is a dancer as well. So, um, and then all active in the youth group. Yeah, lots but, of things at church. Yeah, they yep. love going to Steubenville. Is a highlight. Steubenville mm-hmm. and Our Lady of Guadalupe camp is just the highlight of their love summer. It. Yeah, love that's it. they they don't miss that. That goes on our calendar first, though. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, that's yeah. that's us trying to keep up with them and so, keep yeah. them living so right. So for you guys, career, two careers, and and three three busy kids, um, and then you're you're both very active here at the church. Give us a little what do, what do you do at St. Francis Xavier? It's kind of varied over the years, but mm-hmm. you guys have seemed to kind of honed in on yeah. certain ministries that you feel called to. How did what what are those, and how did those come about? Well, I think during the pandemic, Gina got the the call for the online rosary ministry, mm-hmm. uh, which was fabulous for several years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then it kind of, it served its purpose. And, yep. You know, Got us through on. that, that mm-hmm. period. Yeah. And then Gene has been helping with first communion for what, seven years now. Mm-hmm. Ever since we moved here. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then a couple of years ago I started helping teach that. And so that's been our, that's been our Sundays. Uh, no coffee and donuts for us. We're, we're in there. So every so the deal is so on Sunday mornings between the morning masses is when we have lots of different formation opportunities, including our second graders, your second or third graders, um, in First Holy Communion. And they so Rob and Gina have taken that on, and there's cool powerpoints and and lots of uh, interactive. Um, yeah. and you have a kind of a little a nice little team of volunteers, yeah. definitely. Uh, but you guys are the you, you're the primary, you know, drivers yeah, it's, of that. It's a uh, there's a kind of a famous uh, physicist, Richard Feynman, and he said, "If if you can't explain a topic to children, you don't understand it." I love that. Yeah. So it's been. I'm going to steal that. It's been a real challenge, you know. Like, okay, I, I got to, you know, I understand my faith, I understand the catechism, but like, how do I understand it well enough to distill it down and, and teach it at a second grade level where it's really impactful and meaningful? And, yep. And uh, it's really helped me learn more. You know, love that's the that. greatest part about teaching is yep. you know, learning. And it's a challenge, too, because you come, you know, the kids in First Communion come from a variety of families, you know, certain families that are super faithful and in the church all the time, and, and kids who are, are come, come in very knowledgeable. Their parents mm-hmm. have taught them. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of kids probably in the middle there who, who come to church, know some things, mm-hmm. but need some more formation. And then families that maybe haven't kind of come to church a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, What's that like? How do you, I don't know, how do you, how do you manage? That is our biggest challenge is yep. reaching all different levels and academic levels too. Cause you know, a second grader, it, it, there's just a wide variety. Kids who can read, read super well, right, others right. Yeah. who are struggling to so, learn to read. Um, mm-hmm. Luckily we have some time to break it up into small groups. And so we've got a lot of, our team is fabulous. So they really help us kind of help hone in on where that child is. Um, but um, really, I mean, the Holy Spirit just, blows us away yeah, almost every it. week. I, I mean, it. it's amazing. These kids are just, the things they say, I'm like, yes, you get it. Some They get it so much better than adults sometimes because oh, yeah. they are. The stuff they say gosh. or the questions they ask. Yeah. Wow. I mean, they want to know the truth and it's just like, yes, we're just 
happy to be a little helper in God's great plan of um, serving. But yeah, these kids are fabulous. So every single one of the First Communion parents needs to have a huge pat on their backs for they've done so much good for these children. Mm -hmm. So it's because for the parents, it's both, you know, getting them there, but, but we've we're trying to put more onto parents. Parents mm-hmm. are the primary educators of their mm-hmm. children, and it's not just I'll drop them off and then they'll come. You know. Yes. Yeah. So this year we we added six parent sessions where the parents come and work with helping catechize the parents That's and help been a them great addition with their yeah. yeah with their questions and you know and I think a lot of it was just getting them in the room, let them talk to each other and realize yep. we all have the same struggles. Yep. Everybody has a kid that wants to squirm in mass and, yeah. and make noise and. You know, it's just probably good for everybody to hear. Like, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> One of the parents, because they, they all see our kids at mass and they know mm-hmm. that our, our kids, um, you know, tend regularly and occasionally bring friends. Um, our oldest mm-hmm. daughter brings a friend most regularly. And um, somebody said, well, how do you get your kids to go to mass? And I'm like, it's never been an option. But <laughs> it's funny, the questions that parents ask that it's just not, you know, just like this is, this is the way we're raising our kids. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's always struggles. Yes. You know, and. You know, are kids perfectly dressed every Sunday? Probably not. So, you know, I mean, we are not perfect parents and we will be the first to tell you we are not. Not even close. (laughs) But um, I think just the expectation and, you know, raising, just loving on them um, where they are and trying to guide them. But it's... And I think that's beautiful. I think other parents see that. I mean, one, for you guys that you're you're active in the life of the the church, your, your kids are too... But then to like be, you know, to admit, I mean, everybody knows it, but like to admit it out loud, like we're, we're, we're struggling and like we're, you know, we're mm-hmm. working on it and yeah. we're, you know, this kind of work in progress. And because I, I think sometimes people, you know, could look at like your family and be like, oh, those Agnews, they're just, they're always here and their kids are so perfect. And they, you know, and it's just like, it's just not, the, you know, it's just not, not that, no. it's not that way. No, not at and all. And so for that part, part of this is like he, letting people hear kind of where you guys are from and how it all came together and mm-hmm. um, that you're, you're very much a work in progress. And oh, definitely. All oh, yeah. that. Um, okay. So, so uh, going back probably, I don't know, gosh, probably two or three years, I remember having a conversation with Rob about, uh, about the diaconate. Mm-hmm. So, th- so just for kind of background, right? There's in the in the world of holy orders. There's bishops, there's priests, and there's deacons. Deacons are very mu- very unique in in that in that sense that deacons. Um, there's kind of two kinds of deacons, right? There's there's what we would call um, transitional deacons. So those would be seminarians studying for the priesthood. So I was ordained a deacon. Mm-hmm. I'm a priest, but I was ordained a deacon back October 2006. I was a deacon for about six months. And then was ordained a priest. Well, and you're still a deacon. And I'm still a deacon, right? <laughs> so that that transitional deacon, and then we have what we call permanent deacons. So we're we've been so blessed in Stillwater in Payne County um, over the years, right? Glenn Collum, uh, Tom Cabean, Paul Govek, Barbara Shears, Tom Hahn, Bill Dunbar, uh, Dick Berberet, uh, Bill Moeller. Deacon Bill Moeller was one of the first deacons ordained for the Diocese of Tulsa back kind of late 70s, early 80s. He, Bill, Bill died a couple years ago. We, and, there's, and there's others I'm missing in the, in the meantime. But just these great, great deacons all over um, St. John's and St. Francis Xavier who have done so, so, so much. And so what's cool is now to have kind of the next, what we hope is the next generation mm-hmm. of, of deacons. How did you guys, how did that come about in your life? Because um, I think the key is it's not just like the the man saying, "I want to be a deacon," like 
the, the diocese requires, the church requires for his wife, if he has one, she has to be totally on board. How did that come about in your in your marriage? That's a kind of a long Go for long it. Journey. Go for it. How I, I, I mean, think, how long ago did that so I, I how long the, has it been on your mind? I think the first time it it came up with us actually Gina had said when we were living in Denver, we were attending church there and she's like, Well maybe you should be a deacon. Oh, and, was like, <laughs> and like at that point you had we were all your kids are were born? No, we had no. one child. You had one child, okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was definitely not you know, kind of like not the right time, but that was kind of one of those seeds, I think. And then looking back at the Holy Spirit, maybe when I was I was much younger as an altar server, there was maybe some, some times where a priest or a deacon had said something to me and you kinda of now looking back, oh, they're like maybe these hints were there sure. all along. But I, I think this journey actually really started when we were in, in Dallas and the uh, things that I don't know, just mm. the, the Holy Spirit just started to move things. Stir it up a little mm. bit. Yeah. Like, talk about putting the house on the market. Mm-hmm. Just, kind of randomly, yeah. We're like, we yeah, just... let's, let's move houses. We're like, we're in Dallas, had a giant <laughs> house, didn't had no reason to want to move. And and uh, the thing wouldn't sell. <laughs> I mean, oh, every, really? Everything they, around yeah. us was selling. Uh, Absolutely no reason. Our, our, our realtor said, there is no reason why your house shouldn't sell. It's priced right. It's a gorgeous house, brand new. Um, and she's like, the only way to explain it is God. And I'm like, well, okay. Wow. <laughs> so it's kind of fun. That was. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's just that kind of that, that feeling something's, mm-hmm. something's happened. What's, and uh, I got a call from a, a friend said, Hey, why don't you come be a professor in Stillwater? Like, well, we always want to get back to Oklahoma. You know, it was going to be a, it's kind of an insane decision. It was a gigantic salary cut. And, yeah. And uh, you know, go and move and corporate you know, pick world up your whole, to academia yeah. is <laughs> a different a different world. And uh, we said yes, and instantly the house was sold. It was like bam. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And even like every homily we we heard, um, I'll I'll distinctly remember the homily. He said, if your dreams aren't big and kind of scare you, then they're not big enough for God. And it's like, ooh, okay, oh, like yeah. this was this Good was one. huge. I mean, like we're giving up our financial security, which is huge for me. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm that's something I really have had to work on. But just, um, I was like, oh, this is pretty big. So moving to Oklahoma and giving up a lot of mm-hmm. monetary things was mm-hmm. uh, a, definitely a sacrifice. Yeah, a leap of, so, a leap of yeah. faith. Definitely leap of faith. Yeah. So back in Denver, when you said, Gina, you said to Rob, you should think about the diaconate. What was like, what, what about him? maybe the deacons you've seen or what you know, what was it that like, not every wife says right. that to her husband. I mean, I think he definitely has the gift of teaching and um, just, I mean, that's just a huge gift that he has. And um, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't even remember. Honestly, I don't remember why I said that. Holy spirit. <laughs> Holy spirit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I was like, but um, yeah, it was just, I mean, he's, He's definitely gifted in teaching, and I, I just think it's that's where the Holy Spirit's calling him. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I don't think when we moved here, we knew that what, what it was. No. Yeah. It was, no. you know, it was one of those like, okay, the Holy Spirit's moving us here. Don't know why. Mm-hmm. And But I just, I just had this feeling it was going to be like this big ask was coming. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would go to, so when I was a student, I went to St. John's. Um, and kind of when I came back to the job interview, I went, I visited St. John's, and, and it's right, it turns out now it was, you know, across the parking lot from the building I was in. So I'd stop in St. John's fairly frequently and I noticed in adoration, I'm like, okay, I know, I know you're going to ask me something, God, 
it's got to wait till I get this PhD sure done. Yes, yeah. Like yeah. I got to finish a PhD the to keep this job. The timing has to be right. Yeah. And so I finished finished up with my my dissertation and you know got the got the funny hat and the robe and all that. And I went back to St. John's. Doctor Agnew. <laughs> and uh, like, okay, what's it going to be? Lay it on me. Lay it on me. And uh, <laughs> the next day, I got a letter from you about the diaconate. Is that right? Yeah. What? <laughs> That's wild. So it's kind of nice when it's that clear. <laughs> that is That's wild. I did not know that. So this was now, I mean, that was maybe, was that three years ago? Yeah. Four years Pre-pandemic, ago? Pre-pandemic. Yeah. Pre-pandemic. Yeah. yeah pre-pandemic. I, I remember yeah. sitting down with just a few people and kind of putting just a word out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who? Because I knew that the, the, the diocese was about to kind of ramp up mm-hmm. a new class, which turned out to be not a case at yeah, got delayed. <laughs> the diocese, yeah, kind of pushed, reformed some things. And anyway, um, and I sent, a, I did, I sent a letter to, I don't know what it was. It was probably 15, 20 guys in the parish. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm glad I, glad I sent that when I, when I did. But we've always known that we we're going to do some ministry together. Mm-hmm. We're, we've, that was kind yeah. of something we've known and, and I think that's what's exciting about about the diaconate that you know that there is a unique character that you you, you can be married and also be you know in the in that ministerial kind of role and so that you know it, it's going to make things like you know you know talk about NFP or how do you you know raise and discipline kids that it's you know it's a different experience than you know some of the other clergy would have and so sure. it can be you know, more relatable to hopefully to you know parishioners and help help them with their, their yeah. struggles beautiful yeah. And so then, uh, tell us about the deacon formation program. What's that? What does that look like for the diocese of Tulsa? It varies mm-hmm. kind of from diocese yep. to diocese. Some dioceses don't even have deacons. I don't yep. understand that. <laughs> I'm like, well, dudes, you're missing out. What the heck? Yeah. Um, in the diocese of Tulsa, we actually have more deacons than priests. Yeah. Incidentally. Wow. Fun fact. Wow. <laughs> okay. Tell us about what what is the formation process like? Timeline. Sure. So we kind of we kind of had this kind of an extended discernment because of the pandemic and delay, um, which was helpful, you know, in in many ways, but also kind of like, oh, let's get on with it. Uh, then last year, the first year was a discernment year. We were teamed up with deacon couples and kind of just walked through a, a prayerful spiritual discernment. You know, is this right? Is it is the right time? Is it you know. That's a big decision because it's now or five years from now. They only do a class every five years. Yep. Not like pre, yeah, priestly seminary, you can right. enter mm-hmm. almost any time. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so that was the first year. And then now we're in our, our second year, which is the year of aspirancy. Uh, so now we're aspirants. And, and going, we go to Tulsa one weekend a month. It's kind of like being in the reserves. I and, love that <laughs> image. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we go, it's Friday night. Uh, where we're studying great books right now, we're studying the the Iliad, and then Saturday all day is some sort of theological formation. And when you say all day, oh, it's like fifteen hours. It's all yeah. day. Yeah, and it's, it's it's a beast. Metaphysics, epistemology, uh, logic, fundamental theology. You know, and we read a book every month on one of those topics. Uh, plus the Iliad, we read uh, four books of the Iliad every month. Uh, sprinkled in some other readings, uh, homework assignments, essays, tests. Uh, it's a pretty rigorous academic uh, endeavor. And then Sunday also. And then Sunday. Sunday is a little little lighter. It's more on personal formation, spiritual formation. Uh, we serve mass, um, and so we're you know we're able to start getting those um, getting the reps in right on, on learning all the the rubrics of the mass. 
uh, learning to serve mm-hmm. and yep. yeah, just you're, you're learning your way around the sanctuary. Yep. Yeah, getting and getting comfortable. That's a big mm-hmm. knowledge is one thing, but then like kind of getting into it. So then that on the weekend, Gina, what do you what what do you do? <laughs> Try to keep the house in order. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. And we just. Um, kind of the normal routine. I mean, it's not really, it's just that he's not there to, you know, and, you know, we've got to modify a few things um, just because this is Kaylin's senior year. And we, and I think that's the hardest Mm -hmm. struggle is what to prioritize and what, you know, what can wait and what can't wait. You know, Kaylin's um, state competition couldn't wait and he had to skip a class um, because Mm -hmm. that was, you know, huge in her life right now and once in a lifetime thing for her. So um, we just um, try to plan ahead and mm-hmm. um, support him as much as possible. And yeah. um, the kids are, are, you know, at least they're older. They understand. And we we've had lots of conversations about, you and know, surprisingly supportive. Yeah, they they they're more supportive. I love that. That's they yeah. were, great. Good it, for them. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> yes. In the beginning, they were like more gung ho than I was, and I was like, wait, do you guys know what this means? And I, they they do actually mm-hmm. in there. I think they're. Um, they're excited for the process for us and what it means for our family and how it's going to help us all grow. Mm-hmm. And it already has, you know, and it's a, but it's a sacrifice too. I mean, oh, yeah. for, oh, yeah. for everybody. Well, it's hard. Right. There's no doubt about away. it. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's the biggest thing too. I kind of had to like, cause they don't really know what the diaconate will look like. I mean, you know, when you ask, well, what does it look like when he becomes a deacon? And they're like, it can look like a lot of different things. Sure. And so that's sure. kind of like, okay, That'll well, take some adjustment. we don't have a plan and we have to trust that God's plan is greater than ours. And it is. Amen. Yep. yep. So pray for, uh, pray for the ag news, right? So we'll, uh, in uh, future uh, episodes, we'll have some other of our three couples that are actively discerning the diaconate. And maybe that's something on your heart out there that maybe now or in the future, and so, uh, thank you, Agnews. Thank you. thank you. Keep it up. We'll see you next week. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. <laughs>